Cade Mila Falta. Welcome to the Letter from Ireland show, where we travel in the footsteps of your Irish ancestors, visiting their homelands and telling their stories as they put down roots in so many places around the world. Hello, and you're very welcome to episode 506 of the Letter from Ireland podcast. I'm Mike Collins, and I'm going to be with you along with Karina for the next half hour or so as we celebrate St. Valentine's Day. So I'm recording this podcast episode um, in mid-February, almost, 2022, and we thought we'd actually spend, send you rather a very special St. Valentine's Day card in the form of this particular podcast episode. So what we've done is we've lined up a couple of stories. The first story is going to talk about, and Karina's going to talk about, the connections between St. Valentine himself and the city of Dublin, which maybe you've never heard of before. Following that, and in between some music, or after some music, we're going to look at a very special Irish uh, tale of love, and I suppose loss, because of course, love is not just all about those who are present, but also those who've gone before us. Uh, Maybe we're still here, maybe they're all gone, and long, long gone. However, this particular story um, basically is focused on the early part of the 1900s, and indeed has been captured in poetry and song. So that's going to be Karina's second letter. So we've plenty of music to actually celebrate and enjoy along the way as well. So remember, you can get these show notes for this episode at a lettertromireland.com forward slash uh, 706. Oh dear, did I say 506 earlier? So a lettertromireland.com forward slash 706. And we are going to start with a very lively piece of music. Charlie, my eyes. 
we had the beautiful voice of Maura O'Connell with Day Donnan and My Irish Molly O. I think that's probably a song more of courting rather than love, but you can make your own mind up about that. Now, the first letter we're actually going to, Karina rather, is going to read today, uh, very clearly kind of uh, shows just who the patron saint of love is. It's St. Valentine's, of course. But did you know that St. Valentine has a very specific link with the capital of Ireland, the city of Dublin? Well, over to you, Karina. If you ever have a chance to visit Whitefriar Street in Dublin City, do take a few moments to head into the church of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. The chances are that you'll not be alone. It's likely that you'll see a few couples throughout the day stopping at a shrine on the right-hand side of the church. And this is where you'll find the remains and relics of St. Valentine. Many couples come here throughout the year to ask for his guidance in their lives together. So you might be wondering, how did these relics arrive in this part of the world, in Dublin City in Ireland? Well, that's a story for another day. Or maybe you can look it up if you're a happy Googler. However, I thought it would be nice to share a story of St. Valentine and then we'll have a look at how his name worked its way into some of the families of Ireland. The light comes with a February flower. Very little is known about St. Valentine. In fact, it is unsure as to whether he was a single person or a combination of a few early saints. However, we're not going to let the facts get in the way of a good story, are we? One of my favourite legends of St. Valentine goes something like this. Valentine was a Christian citizen of early Rome who possessed special healing abilities. One day, a jailer arrived to see him accompanied by his young daughter who had been blind from birth. He had heard of Valentine's healing powers and was wondering if he could cure even this permanent situation. Well, Valentine gave the man ointment for his daughter's eyes and asked for her to return each week. Over time, he also became a teacher to the little girl and he described the world around them and the world of books and in time, she learned to see the world through Valentine's eyes. Even though the little girl's sight was never restored restored during this time, the girl and her father returned to Valentine each week. However, one week Valentine was no longer there. He had been arrested for his religious beliefs and his medicines were destroyed by the authorities. He'd also been sentenced to death. From his prison cell, Valentine wrote one last note to his little friend and handed it to the jailer for his daughter. Valentine was executed the following morning. The jailer went home and gave the note to his little girl. She opened it and felt a flower inside, and as the little girl pointed her eyes down to the flower in her hand, she saw the brilliant colours of a yellow crocus flower for the first time in her life. Her eyesight had been restored, 
and she asked her father to read the message. All it said was, from your Valentine. And so we have the tradition of giving tokens of friendship and love at this time of the year. Now, isn't that a story worth believing? And perhaps all those couples in Whitefriars Church in Dublin are looking for a similar light in their life together. Now, is there a valentine in your family? Do you have a valentine in your family tree? I know two valentines myself. It's quite a popular boy's name here in Ireland. However, it's almost always shortened to Val. As you probably know, most Irish families had first names, often saints' names, that were very popular in their family. Sometimes the first name was even popular right across one surname. Michael is a very numerous name across the Collins surname. And so was even before the big fella came along. That's the famous Michael Collins. We discovered that the name Valentine was particularly popular in parts of Galway, especially with the Connolly, Keneally, Kelly, King, Duggan and Mannion families. Over in Dublin and Wicklow, the Burns seem to enjoy using the name Valentine for their newborns. Other names that have quite a few Valentines among their ranks were the Ryans, the Walshes, Brooks, Browns, Murphy and Russell families. Any of these names in your family tree? Well, that's the end of our story on Valentine. Slant you and a very happy St. Valentine's Day from us in Ireland. Oh, Danny boy, the pipes, the pipes are calling from Glen to Glen and down the mountainside. The summer's gone.
There we had uh, the late, great Eva Cassidy with uh, Danny Boy, of course. Hasn't she just some wonderful voice? And I guess Danny Boy is that song that must be the most famous Irish song of love and loss around the world. In fact, uh, you know, not just Irish, but any particular nationality. Beautiful, beautiful words there, sang magnificently. And speaking of love and loss, uh, Karina now is going to read another letter. And it's the story of a man by the name of Joseph Plunkett and a lady by the name of Grace Gifford. And it chats a little bit about uh, his uh, background, I suppose, uh, genealogy, family history in Ireland, but leads up to the time of 1916 when this couple were first forced to endure something that none of us should have to. Um, It's a fascinating story. It's a true life story, of course. And following that, then, we actually have a song sung by uh, Jim McCann called Grace, all about the story of these two as they got wed in the um, jail chapel of Kilmainham. So over to you, Karina. Earlier this week, I saw the best TV episode of Who Do You Think You Are that I've ever seen so far. It featured the singer Boy George whose full name is George O'Dowd, son of Jeremiah O'Dowd and Dinah Glynn. Now, boy George was exploring his Irish roots of his mother and grandmother. It was shocking, sad, entertaining and full of revelations all at once. One of the revelations involved George's granduncle, who spent time in Kilmainham Jail in Dublin before being executed for his part in the Irish War of Independence. And this reminded me of a letter I wrote a while back looking at the history of one Irish family name and one of their members who also spent time in Kilmainham jail before being executed. I'd like to share this letter with you today, but first a little history. The Norman names of Ireland and one in particular. The Anglo-Norman mercenaries of Wales arrived in Ireland about 1170 AD at the invitation of the deposed Gaelic King of Leinster. Over the following decades and centuries, they came to occupy much of the island of Ireland, but had mostly integrated with the local Irish Gaelic community by the 1400s. When I was a young lad in Cork, I had several friends who carried these old Norman surnames. They were names like Barrett, Barry, Birmingham, Burke, Cantwell, Cogan, Condon, Fitzgerald, Fitzsimons, Fleming, Nagel, Purcell, Roach, Tobin, Walsh and so on. By that time, we were all in the same boat together anyway. Maybe you recognise some of those Norman surnames from your own family tree. However, one name that was not present in my class or school was the surname of Plunkett. That name belonged to further up the country, around counties Dublin, Meath, Loud and Cavan. The Plunkett surname arrived in Ireland sometime in the 1200s and was a distortion of an old French name Blanchette, a nickname for White. On arrival, the Plunkets not only established themselves around counties Meath and Loud, but they also inserted themselves into the middle of Irish affairs, becoming leading members of the Irish administration and church. Let's have a closer look at two members of the Plunkett family, 
perhaps they turn out to be distant relatives of yours. And let's look at the impact these Plunkett members had on Irish history and society. A saint and a martyr from the same Irish family. Oliver Plunkett was born in 1625 in County Meath into the wealthy, landowning Plunkett family. He was being ordained as a Catholic priest in Rome as Oliver Cromwell and his troops laid waste to many towns across Ireland, including Drogheda, in the, in the 1650s. The penal laws were established shortly afterwards, forbidding the practice of Catholicism. Plunkett remained in Rome for many years as a theological professor, but he was appointed the Archbishop of Armagh in 1669. The penal laws had relaxed somewhat by the mid-1660s, but he arrived back in Ireland to recognise a church that was in chaos. He established teaching colleges, tackled drunkenness among the clergy and pioneered mixed-faith schools. However, this period of relaxation in the penal laws lasted only about four years and by the mid-1670s, Plunkett was forced into hiding near Clogher Head in County Louth. However, he was eventually captured and tried in Dundalk on trumped-up charges, later moved to London, where he was found guilty of high treason. Plunkett was hanged, drawn and quartered on July 1st, 1681. Just under 300 years later, Coming up to 1975, Oliver Plunkett was beatified as a saint, the first new Irish saint for 700 years. His name was given to many buildings and streets across the island, including our own Oliver Plunkett Street here in Cork. However, our story does not stop there. From rising to death at Easter. In 1887, Joseph Plunkett, a related descendant of Oliver Plunkett, was born in Dublin City to a similar wealthy family. Joseph was one of the signatories of the Irish Proclamation of Independence and participated in the insurrection that gripped the streets of Dublin starting on Easter Monday 1916. This week-long insurrection has since become known as the Easter Rising. On that Easter Monday, Plunkett and a small group of volunteers seized control of a number of key sites in Dublin and declared an Irish Republic. However, Plunkett had contracted tuberculosis at an early age and was still recovering from an operation at the time of the fighting. He was quite weak as he manned the barricades, but had the energy of a young Michael Collins by his side. The insurrection failed and in May of 1916, 15 of the leaders of the Easter Rising were executed for high treason, effectively turning them into martyrs in the eyes of the Irish Republic. One of these leaders, Joseph Plunkett, was executed in Kilmainham Jail at the young age of 28. A few short hours after marrying his childhood sweetheart, Grace Gifford, in his a prison cell. If you visit Kilmainham Jail today, you'll see a plaque commemorating the marriage of Grace Gifford and Joseph Plunkett. A beautiful song was penned and it nicely captures the sentiment and sorrow of the time. It was written using the imagined thoughts and words of Joseph Plunkett. 
In the aftermath of that failed Easter Rising of 1916, Ireland started on the road to independence. Maybe you've already visited the church in Drogheda or the yard in Kilmainham, where two members of the Plunkett family are commemorated for the part they played in the history of this island. I can highly recommend a visit to Kilmainham Jail. There's a lot of Irish history contained within those walls and the guides are experts at conveying the facts, the stories and the feelings associated with so many episodes, like the short marriage of Joseph Plunkett and Grace Gifford. So let's leave this story with a reminder that genealogy and heritage is not just all about those dry records, dates and facts contained in the registers. While those are important starting points, It's the stories, both written and told, that really bring our Irish ancestry to life. As we gather in the chapel here in old Kilmainham jail Think about these past few weeks Oh, will they say we failed From our school days They have told us we must yearn for liberty Yet all I want in this dark place Is to have you here Oh, Grace, just hold me in your arms And let this moment linger They'll take me out at dawn And I will die With all my love I'll place this wedding ring Upon your finger won't be time to share our love For we must say goodbye Now I know it's hard for you, my love To ever understand The love I bear for these brave men My love for this dear land But when Parry called me to his side Down in the GPO I had to leave my homesick bed To him I had to go Oh Grace, just hold me in your arms And let this moment They'll take me out at dawn And I will die With all my love I'll place this wedding ring Upon your finger There won't be time To share our love For we must say goodbye 
Now as the dawn is breaking My heart is breaking too On this May morn as I walk out My thoughts will be of you And I'll write some words upon the wall So everyone will know I loved so much that I could see His blood upon the rose Oh Grace, just hold me in your arms And let this moment linger They'll take me out at dawn And I will die With all my love I'll place this wedding ring Upon your finger There won't be time to share our love For we must say goodbye Oh, there won't be time to share our love So we must say Goodbye. Well, first there we had Karina sharing the story of Joseph Plunkett and Grace Gifford, uh, a tragic tale of love and loss. And of course, just hearing the same words to an extent being put to music, telling the story of them getting together in uh, Kilmainham Jail for the first and the last time um, to be wed is just, uh, I suppose, it's something I hope none of us ever have to endure or indeed uh, for those around us. So um, I guess uh, this is the end of this particular episode of the Let From Ireland podcast. And it is an Irish Valentine from here in Ireland to wherever you might be in the world. And it's a time, of course, to uh, look around us and appreciate those who still uh, surround us. Um, We enjoyed our company. We just love them having it in our lives. So it's a time just to let them know. And for a lot of us, we have people who've gone before us. And it's a time to have those fond memories of those times spent with them. So again, wherever you might be in the world, a very happy St. Valentine's Day. And slant for now and chat again next week. If you've enjoyed today's Letter from Ireland show, we'd like to invite you to check out our special membership area, The Green Room. You hear us mention it a lot during the show. And you can find full details of The Green Room at letterfromireland.com forward slash green room. Our Green Room is the essential resource for anybody at any stage in researching their Irish heritage because it's where we delve into all the good stuff to help you break down those brick walls and really connect the pieces in your Irish ancestry puzzle. In the green room, you get access to online genealogists, extensive research tools, quick win training, as well as member-only access to johngrenham.com and a very supportive, active community to help you along the way with feedback and advice. The Green Room is the perfect place to be for anybody starting or continuing their Irish ancestry search. So why don't you come and join us there at a letterfromireland.com forward slash green room. That's it for me, but I'll be back next time with another installment of the Letter from Ireland show. 
and I really look forward to chatting to you then. Slán gafól, Karina. <laughs>